0: Welcome back to week six of the Oklahoma Sports Bro Podcast. This is Zach, and that is Perkins, and this is week six. And we're coming to you a day late this week because of National Signing Day. National Signing Day was yesterday, and National Signing Day is probably, like, one of my favorite days of the year. It's like me being a kid in a candy store on Christmas Eve or something, like, I love everything to do with recruiting, and this is the day for me. Um, we'll we'll hit on National Signing Day for both OU, OSU, and a little bit of TU. Honestly, not much TU, you, but, you know. Um, and we'll preview uh, OU Iowa State and TU and Cincinnati, and then we will go ahead and talk about the college football playoff, what we see happening, and what four teams we see in that Final Four. Um and then we'll get to our final picks of the week. Perkins, anything you want to say to our crowd?
1: You know, I'm just glad to be back. Um, also, keep an eye out for future information about our upcoming giveaway. Uh, shout out to the nobody that commented on our Facebook page uh, giving us ideas. Really appreciate you guys. Uh so please comment. What, what, we are what, not what, kidding about this. What, what we are I, trying.
0: What I I will defend our <laughs> listeners because on Facebook, Facebook literally removed our post because they said it went against their community guidelines. Like what? Like <laughs> what, what? What did we do wrong? Like we we were giving away something, and they said it went against their community guidelines. But we have a few different ideas we're rolling around in our head. Um, We've landed on one so far. We don't want to roll that out quite yet. Send us some ideas. Um, If you have anything that you think would be awesome to get. Obviously, we're not giving you like Xbox One, uh, Series X, but, you know, we'll do something great for you. Um, But go ahead. Hey, and who knows?
1: If you're the first and only person to comment, he'll be the first and only person to win. So... (laughs) (laughs)
0: well and also one thing i'll say if you can secure at least one xbox one x or even two xbox one x's for both of us series x's series x's sorry um series x's i personally will rig this contest so you win personally and we'll pay we'll pay you for the xboxes like we'll pay you for those but I will seriously rig this contest so you can win. So if anybody out there has has their own resources of getting those um, for the original price, we're not going to pay no scalper, but for the original price, um, then <laughs> we will definitely rig that so that you would win. So just giving you a big, big hint on how you can win very easily. But <laughs> we are desperate. Can't find one anywhere. Uh, We're kind of joking, kind of not. So let's go ahead and get into our podcast this week. The first thing we're going to go ahead and cover is National Signing Day because that's the thing I want to get into the most. National Signing Day is always huge every year for OU. Ever since Lincoln Riley has taken over, recruiting has became the forefront behind games of course but recruiting is seems like the second most important thing to Re- lincoln riley and he hit it on the head again this year um, lincoln riley has a bunch of different recruits. i think in total we could end up with four or five stars right now we only have two committed but we could end up with four or five stars by the end of everything and then a bunch of four stars And I think only one three-star in Danny Stutzman. But Danny Stutzman's a very underrated player. I don't think three stars is good enough for him. If you watch this film, he's a lot better than that. But just saying, I think Danny Stutzman will be a guy when he gets to Oklahoma. He might need a year or two to develop, but he will be a guy when he's here. Um, But other than that, a couple of big things, big notes from this week and this National Signing Day. Oklahoma does get the commitment of Savion Bird. Savion Bird this week was hinting towards um, a lot of experts were saying he was going to SMU. He ends up committing to OU. He's a top 10 offensive tackle in the land, and um, I think it's a huge get for OU with their tackle situation right now. Um, And OU could honestly land another top 10 offensive tackle by the end of everything, named Tristan Lee. All signs point to Tristan Lee committing to OU on his, um, I think it's his January 2nd date, um, which is probably the U.S. Army All-American Bowl or one of those All-American Bowls. Uh, So I think OU has a good chance of landing him. Honestly, he might have signed early and just be hiding the fact that he signed early. Um, And he is a five-star. He's probably if not the best offensive tackle in the nation, he's one of the best offensive tackles in the nation. So he's a pretty exciting guy. And the last guy I kind of want to cover over OU before I turn it over to Perkins to talk a little bit um, is Kamar Wheaton. Kamar Wheaton is a five-star running back out of Texas. And from what I've heard, Kamar Wheaton does not like to talk, does not like to talk to people, doesn't like to talk to his recruiters. He just doesn't like to talk. And – To me, that's kind of weird, but, you know, to each their own. Um, From what I'm hearing uh, is Kamar Wheaton hasn't talked – so, little um, preface to this. Kamar Wheaton has narrowed it down to two schools. One is Alabama and the other is Oklahoma. Um, And if you're thinking, wow, Oklahoma's going up against Alabama, that's probably not going to end well for us. Well, I have some good news for you. Kamar Wheaton has not talked to Alabama in over two months from what I'm hearing. So all I'm saying is that sounds like a pretty good, pretty good indicator of where he's going. Uh, but in all honesty, Kamar Wheaton is a very quiet guy. So maybe, maybe he pulls the rabbit out of the hat and tricks us all, but I don't know. I don't, I'm not seeing it that way. Perkins, what do you want to say about Oklahoma's signing class?
1: Let me tell you, Lincoln Riley is just doing a phenomenal job as as far as recruiting goes. As far as anything goes, that just the amount of quality that is in this year's uh, recruiting class uh, compared to uh, Oklahoma State or even Tulsa, um, it, it's just it's blowing them out of the water. And so you were talking about Savion Bird, and you know I was prepping for this podcast throughout the week. And especially last night once they came out with who signed, who committed, and I was watching their highlight videos. And let me tell you, Savion Bird, I know it's the highlight, so it's all the great stuff. But I used to be an offensive lineman, and what he's doing is not easy <laughs> by any means. He was it was like it seemed like every play he was pancaking somebody. And to top it off, he's he's six seven, three hundred and fifteen pounds, but the dude could move like he was a running back when he was when he would play guard and he was coming across the field to make the block. He was he was running faster than the running back at times. I mean, it was insane. Obviously, that's not that's not accurate, but he was he was keeping up. Um, and so it it was honestly impressive to see how mobile of, of an offensive lineman Savion Berg was. And so I think that's a fantastic decision on o, or uh, opportunity on OU's part to have picked him up, have him signed, have him committed. And then the uh, next thing is uh, Caleb Williams. I wanted to talk about him a little bit. Uh, Caleb Williams, he's a quarterback. He's uh, another five-star recruit that we were talking about. And – I was watching some of his film and that they recruited. He, he signed, but he was committed way back in, what, July? I think it's uh, July 4th. Yep. And so we've known about him, but I was watching some of his stuff, and I'm excited about him.
0: Caleb Williams will so if you, be the next number one pick under Lincoln Riley. Calling it now. If Spencer Rattler isn't, Caleb Williams will be for certain.
1: Oh, I mean, so watching his film, this dude, not only is he like kind of like a smart, get out of the situation, get rid of the ball kind of quarterback, he's fast. He is a scrambler. I was watching his highlights, and most of them were him just running down the field and scoring 60, 70-yard touchdowns, and no one could touch him. He was just weaving in and out of traffic like you're driving in Texas. I mean, it was crazy. Uh, And then... Uh, let's see. Who's the last person I want to talk about? There was, um, of course, Billy Bowman. I mean, just he. what I saw of him, he was playing wide receiver. I think he's just an all-around good pick. Um, but I think the guy I, – I don't have much more to say about him. I'm just going to kind of leave it at that. But the next guy I was looking at was Kamar Wheaton. You know, you were talking about him undecided. Now, mind you, he is forecasted. At, uh, by FutureCast on Rivals.com. This is where I'm getting a lot of information from, uh, so that way you guys can fact-shake me if you don't believe me. But uh, the FutureCast says that he is 89% likely to commit to OU, and then the Fan FutureCast, so fans uh, say he, there's about a 59% chance, both of which are over 50%. I like those odds. But uh, if you were to watch his, his highlight reel, his spotlight videos, I just the dude is like he it's like he has jet engines for feet. If you blink he's gone. And I think a lot of these people who played <laughs> who played against him know that. He's outrunning he's outrunning the the safeties, the cornerbacks who are already upfield. Uh, it's insane. And so I am I am beyond excited for this upcoming draft class and honestly if they if they can pick up uh, what is it four four separate five stars is, is that correct?
0: Oh, so what? What was the question? I was doing some research there.
1: Um, sorry, <laughs> there's no. You're good. They're, so they're prepped to pick up. It's like four separate five stars, right? Supposedly two, of which are undecided.
0: So correct? yeah, they should have four or five stars in this class if everything goes to plan and everybody commits the way they they're leaning now. Um, they would have four or five stars at the end of this.
1: That would be unprecedented, in my opinion. I just, that would be so great for OU. And I think it goes to show the power that Lincoln Riley is is just broadcasting into the NCAA. Every
0: coach Lincoln Riley hires, he hires first for their obvious football ability. But if they can't recruit, Lincoln Riley's not hiring them. I'm serious. Lincoln Riley's big thing is recruiting. They're not getting hired if they can't recruit. Lincoln Riley's hired a young staff that connects with kids. He's doing what he needs to do to get these big-name recruits in the door, um, and he's doing it well. Um, And you can see it just on the defensive side of the ball this year. Like, they've actually improved, which is weird because every year, like, is the defense ever going to get better? Is the defense going to get better? And this year they have. They really have. Our defensive line has been dominant. Um, We've seen some of our cornerbacks, our freshman cornerbacks, come in and make big plays. That is all because of recruiting. All well done recruiting, um, and I think this year is just going to add to it. We're going to have a couple of new pass rushers. We're going to have Ethan Downs and Clayton Smith. I haven't mentioned them. I don't think either one of us have mentioned them yet. Ethan Downs and Clayton Smith are going to come in this year and absolutely light it up. Both of them are pretty um, great pass rushers, um, and Ethan Downs is a okay preps kid. Um, and m- many tout him as the best player in Oklahoma this year. Um, it's kind of between him and the guy who committed to Texas A&M. I'm not going to say his name because I'm disappointed that he didn't go to OU. But, you know, um, between him and Ethan Downs, Ethan Downs is probably the best player in the state this year. And um, so this this recruiting class is just really shoring up things on the defensive end. A um, little bit of concern on, at the linebacker spot, not necessarily next year, but the year after that, we don't have anybody so far really coming in at that spot, um, so we we do have a kid in the 2022 class named Kobe McKenzie who's already committed to OU, um, but other than that, we really don't have much there at the linebacker spot, so we need to be watching out. Um, this next year will be crucial in the linebacker spot. So, but another thing that you need to keep in mind is the transfer portal this year is going to be unprecedented. The transfer portal, there are going to be so many kids transferring after this year because you're going to see kids who didn't get to visit the college they wanted because of the coronavirus or they didn't get to do whatever, they didn't get to play, their school didn't play as many games as they wanted to. He didn't get as many play minutes, whatever the case may be. There's going to be an unprecedented number of transfers this year. And in all honesty, because of the coronavirus, I bet um, I will almost lay money down that the NCAA will give emergency um, certification so that they can play right away next year. So that's something to be watching out for Um, tons of kids in the transfer portal to come. Um, and honestly, we should start seeing those names pop up over here in the next couple weeks because the season is coming to an end. So those names will be pretty intriguing to watch out for.
1: That's all super true. And I I think that'll be very interesting to see just who switches where um, because that could really change the tide. I mean, I'm not saying one player makes a team, but one, ta- one player can surely help it. I mean, uh, look at Zayvon Collins. I mean, he's... The leading force in a in a defense that has no right to be, I say has no right that you know it's close to not having the right to be as dominant as they can be. Um, but you know, sticking on the line of defense, I think one more player that we should definitely mention before we move on uh, for the for the Sooners that's coming in in sixth class. He's not high rated in the stars, but I think he's kind of going to be this kind of like underdog almost. His name is Isaiah Coe. He is a defensive tackle, and this guy—it's like when he's on the line, it's like people don't block him. He 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 does his, his uh, swimming moves and and his and his moves to, to get in and out of blocks perfectly. And I believe I heard an interview or something. I could be wrong. I don't think I am though. Saying that you know, this kid, he's so confident in himself that he he said that he would be willing to go up against anyone in the NFL, any defensive tackle in the NFL and go head to head with them and he still thinks he could beat them in the offensive line, any defensive tackle he, he thinks he could beat them. he's so confident. And if you were to watch his tapes, his name's Isaiah Coe, he he looks that confident. He gets down, he's quick, he can get to the quarterback before the quarterback even finishes his step backs to look down the field. It is insane and I am I'm excited to see. Him And I I think he'll be a great replacement once Ronnie Perkins gets through his four years, if he's not already a senior.
0: Yeah. One thing I'll say about Isaiah Coe, a lot of people have him on a downside because he's a Juco transfer. First off, OU has shown this year that they've taken two Juco transfers already in on Winfrey. And, uh, what is that guy's name? I can't remember it right now. I just put myself on the spot and I forgot. Um, but um, with Perry on Winfrey and their other Juco defensive tackle they took last year, um, and they've both played amazingly this year. But, and that also being said, is him being a Juco defensive tackle, he's a weird, he's kind of a unicorn defensive tackle out of Juco because he has three years of eligibility left. He still can play for three more years. So that basically makes him a high schooler minus a year, which. In all honesty, if you're a good enough defensive tackle, you're leaving after three years anyway. So th- that is pretty good news for the Sooners. Um, looks like they're trying to shore up their defensive line fairly well. Um, but that that kind of covers most of the Sooners. We've hit on the highlights of the Sooners class. Um, let's Let's move on to Oklahoma State. So Oklahoma State kind of has a very – Oklahoma State, like recruiting class, they they're ranked like 37th <laughs> in the rivals rankings. But if you look at who they got, like, there's nobody there that's just like jumping off the page. There's nobody there that's like, oh my gosh, they got him. But that being said, they did they they hammered a couple of uh, OK preps guys. They got Jaden Bray, um, Colin Oliver, and Ty Williams. So. They, they got a bunch of local guys who could have a high ceiling. Um, Colin Oliver, honestly, probably one of the most exciting prospects in our, in the state. Um, he's a good get by Oklahoma State. Um, and then Ty Williams played at Muskogee. He he didn't have a whole lot of success at Muskogee. I guess that's not true. They had some success at Muskogee in the past couple of years, but he had a rough year this year at Muskogee. Um, and that like I feel like Ty Williams could make a jump back, but in all honesty, Oklahoma State's recruiting class right now not not the best that um, they've been putting together, um, and it it's honestly kind of disappointing. It, it just shows to me it just kind of shows where Mike Gundy is at in his program um, in recruiting, and I think recruiting is key to continuing to win and. He just doesn't seem to put in the time to recruit. And I don't know what what the difference is there. I don't know why these last couple of years have been kind of down. But he just seems to have just fallen off a little bit in the recruiting realm. Um, and maybe that might be partly because of the political statement he made over the summer with wearing that OAN shirt. Like, some some kids just... Look into those things, and they don't want to play for a coach like that. So, who knows? Um, I'm not going to harp on Mike Gundy too much on this one. Oklahoma State's recruiting class, in all honesty, kind of disappointing this year. What? What do you? Anybody stand out to you, Perkins? Anybody you want to really cover?
1: I mean, I've been trying to look through their spotlight videos, and it, there's no one that's. As flashy as you know, Savion Bird or Isaiah Coe or um, shoot, what was his name? Uh, Caleb Williams, uh, you know, Kamar Wheaton. There's, there's, I'm, I'm trying to, 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 to build up OSU, but there's a lot of oh, what's, what's a not so bad word a lot of normal players uh, you know i don't i don't want to say they're bad players but it's just a lot of players who they were good on their team you know they were good enough to to get a d1 spot but not good enough to get a big d1 spot um uh, it's i mean there's not really anybody that i really truly want to to point out other than the fact that i like the last name of their new old lineman they just picked up, ETN, You know, um, I wonder if he has any kind of relation. Uh, I I never looked he's into it. I don't know. There's
0: no he has a relation to Travis
1: Etienne. <laughs> <laughs> that mean that'd be cool. You know, maybe he's a really fast offensive lineman. Uh, <laughs> I, I mean, all jokes aside, I no, I don't. I don't. I really don't. I'm. I wanted to, and I, I promise I looked for probably a solid two hours going through videos, just trying to find someone I could praise. That's like, oh man, this guy really stands out. And really, I mean, no, I, I I got nothing. I mean, Colin Oliver, like you said, really is the kind of the biggest standout. He he knows how to read his gaps. Um, he made a few good plays, got a few safeties, making a fast play in a running back, fast play in a quarterback. Um, he knows how to read the lineman to know when a guard's pulling to follow it. But other than that, you know, just that good awareness. So I guess I could praise him. But other than that, there's really, really not much to talk about myself.
0: I, yeah. uh, I, I like how all the OK preps guys are in there, but in all honesty, like I, I don't feel like Oklahoma missed out on any of the guys that committed to Oklahoma State. Like I feel like Oklahoma got the guys they wanted. And they did not want to settle for the guys that were in the state of Oklahoma. And I know there's a big push and a big like want to from fans that say, you need to recruit these Oklahoma kids. And my argument is, no, if you can get a better kid from Texas, go get the better kid from Texas. There's no way you should be getting a kid um, that isn't going to make an impact on your team just because they're from Oklahoma. The the argument that they're gonna play harder for your team is just absolutely asinine to me. Like a kid's not gonna play harder because he grew up in Oklahoma. Like that. Like a kid's gonna play as hard as he wants to play for the team he commits to play for. Like, so I'm not gonna get off onto that. That's a whole um, R.J. Young segment, and I just or I don't have any respect for R.J. Young. He just he's kind of one of those sports guys who just yells and gets followers because he yells his opinions really loud and tries to make the most radical stance. So I'm, I'm not even going to talk about RJ Young. He just kind of disappoints me. Um, but in all honesty, he he probably he won't ever listen to this podcast and he won't ever even know that I exist. So who cares, I guess. Um, but
1: <laughs> well, you, you know, you got to you got to tell me though. So you're telling me that you don't think that we should recruit Oklahoma players. Just because, you know, because you know football is not about winning. It's about making sure everyone plays, right? Like that that's the point, right? It's just to make sure that everyone gets their trophy. No one actually wins the playoffs just for fun. They're not really competitive. They just want to make sure everyone my, plays. My big,
0: my big thing you know, is R.J. Young, Young's argument is that the Oklahoma players are as good as any of the players we're getting. But Oklahoma State continuously gets these players that Oklahoma doesn't, and yet – oklahoma state is always below oklahoma like that's kind of awkward you know there's only a couple players that have left the state of oklahoma that i'm like wow they could have really helped like dax hill michigan he could have really helped oklahoma um the guy at ohio state from owasso josh proctor um he could have helped oklahoma but some of these other OK preps guys that they're arguing about like that they're not going to make that big of a difference like I don't, I don't know what the argument is like. And in fairness, when you're recruiting Oklahoma, there's probably five, six guys a year that Oklahoma – that are in Oklahoma that Oklahoma actually wants. And I'm saying that's a good year. So in all reality, probably three to four guys on a regular year, five to six guys on a good year that Oklahoma actually wants out of Oklahoma. And next year, they have a couple um, that are pretty good uh, kids that are coming up. But I don't know. It's just – it's kind of weird to me that <laughs> R.J. Young chooses that heel to die on. But whatever, whatever. He's, <laughs> he, he'll probably block me on Twitter after this. He has a thing for blocking people who disagree with him. So who cares? Um, but just moving forward, our last recruiting class we got to get into – and it's going to take about two minutes to cover them, because they didn't sign. They didn't sign. They didn't I don't know what you're talking anybody. about. It's gigantic.
1: There's so many people, all six of them. I mean, how are we going to cover we can all literally
0: of them? Literally spotlight. What are we going to do? We still have time. <laughs> but, but in all reality, you don't need to spotlight any of them. If you look at them, they're not like it's not that exciting, like. And, so the school that I would make the argument needs to be recruiting Oklahoma preps guys is Tulsa. Like Tulsa has all of this talent that is leaving the state. Like they have a kid like Braylon Presley that is literally down the street from their university down at Bigsby and they don't offer him. Braylon Presley went off for like 500 yards on national, television on ESPN Braylon Presley plays Booker T Washington on Friday night call or high school football and goes off for, like, 500 yards and, like, five, six, seven touchdowns, and Tulsa doesn't even offer him. Like, what are they doing? (laughs) Like, what? And then it just blows my mind. They have a kid out of Vianne, like Solomon Wright, um, who's committed to Arkansas. I will say Arkansas is a better option than Tulsa, but they never even offered Solomon Wright. And then there's a kid who is a TU legacy. And if you don't know what a legacy is, that means his dad went there. Yeah. So a TU legacy, and Owen Ostrowski. And if you don't know who Ostrowski is, uh, if you listen to the Sports Animal at all, Coach O, that is Ostrowski. And Ostrowski is huge in the TU football program. Uh, the dad, Ostrowski, is huge in the football program. Still to this day, he's a huge media personality. He has a huge following on his radio show and then his son who I will say he's only a three star recruit but it's Tulsa they can take a three star recruit his son is committed to army and I would say he's committed to army because Tulsa never came in and offered him like what? what? like Tulsa do you think you're that good that you don't offer this kid who is a TU legacy like He's a good player. He played at Holland Hall. He won a state title this year. He put up crazy numbers. And it blows my mind that he has not even been considered by Tulsa. Like, there's all of these different examples. I just named three off the top of my head right there that have gotten away from Tulsa. And it just, like, what what is Tulsa doing? Like, why, why are they not recruiting these guys? Like, it doesn't make sense to me. These guys could make an impact in Tulsa like Tulsa is not the same tier program as OSU or OU, but these guys can make the impact and they could probably make an early impact as well. So I, I don't know that, that just kind of irks, irks me the wrong way. But what, what do you think about this recruiting class?
1: Man, I, you know, I, I spent some time, very shortly, and I, I, I look through – I say shortly because it took me like 30 minutes to look through all six. And, um, you know, a lot of these guys, I'm, I'm watching their tapes on Rival, and a lot of them only have one or two clips. And that's it. For their, their four years, they were supposedly playing ball. One or two clips. And, like, that's okay. You have a clip. I just what – is, what is Tulsa doing? Like you said, they have they have so many people in their backyard. I mean Tulsa in itself is a big city with a lot of like different suburbs and stuff. You, you know, you got uh, places like uh, Bigsby, Jinx that are just like – Jinx is literally just across the bridge, you know, to Tulsa. You know, Bigsby's the far side of Tulsa, uh, you know, so to speak. And so like what are – the, are these recruiters are – they, are they too good? To 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 reach out to these guys? Do they not have confidence in themselves? I don't understand. What's the harm in just saying, "Hey, we're here"? And a lot of these guys, you, you can go down the list of people you're naming. I'm not even sure Tulsa is on the list of offers. And just and is, is Tulsa kind of having like a blue collar mindset where they they're too good to need any what more blows, players? What, what blows um, my mind is you, know, you say and, that Tulsa hasn't offered these
0: guys. Tulsa hasn't. You're right. Tulsa does not offer these guys. And what blows my mind is Braylon Presley, the kid I was talking about out of Bigsby, he has an Oklahoma State offer. Mm-hmm. His brother plays at Oklahoma State. I will say that. But he has an Oklahoma State offer. If he's good enough to get an Oklahoma State offer, he's good enough to get a TU offer. Like, recruit TU. What are you doing? Like, TU goes down to Texas consistently and just gets, like, the third-tier kind of guys out of Texas. Like, They get the guys that – they're good. They played in Texas. Obviously, they're pretty good, but I don't know. So.
1: I think Tulsa just kind of got confused because they do have a Braylon on their upcoming class. It's just not – they just have a different last name. And maybe maybe the recruiter, you know, they were talking, and the guy said, hey, go get this guy. And he was like – about 30 minutes later, he was getting ready to make a phone call, and he was like, crap, I got two of them here. Which one do I call? He just happened to call the wrong dude, and maybe that's what happened. Um, but they ended up calling, you know, Braylon Braxton, quarterback out of Frisco, Texas. He said, "And going off Texas, man, of their six recruits, three of them are from Texas. <laughs> so and there's nothing you know, wrong with I just,
0: Texas kids. I'm not maybe making they, that argument at all. <laughs> Texas is no, a good, there's not. Texas no. <laughs> is probably the best high school football in the nation. But like, I don't know, like." You're, you're struggling to get these kids. It's just there's plenty and, and of people. You could literally get a bunch of kids out of your own backyard. You have successful programs in Owasso, Jinx, Bigsby, Union, all winning state titles, Holland Hall, um, all these different state title winning teams, Metro Christian, in Tulsa. All of these teams are in Tulsa or within 15 minutes of Tulsa. How are they not better at recruiting their own area? Doesn't make sense to me, but whatever. Um, anything else you want to add to that before I move <laughs> on? That, there's, there's
1: really, there's really not, man. Uh, there's, I don't think, is much more instead All of you know just. All hitting, right. now that
0: we've dogged on close enough, here. let's talk about how they, how well they've done this year, <laughs> and let's cover or preview the Tu Cincinnati game. Tu has been a surprise this year. Tu has made it all the way to the AAC Conference Championship game um, where they go to face Cincinnati. Tulsa, honestly, they've been led by Zaven Collins. Zaven Collins projected first-round pick. And he's a finalist for – ooh, I forgot the linebacker award. I can't remember the name um, off the top of my head. But he's a finalist for that award. Um, or I think it was a semifinalist uh, for that award. And he he's led this team very well. Tulsa's offense has struggled in the first half. They I guess they don't warm up before the game. They wait for the first two quarters to warm up, and then they start playing. Uh, but what I'll say is if Tulsa can get the ball <laughs> rolling before the second half in this game, even if it's just the second quarter, like if they can get the ball.
1: So you're uh, calling for a miracle. Uh,
0: but uh, – if they can get the ball rolling, if they can get their offense humming along a little bit earlier in the game, then I think that they will have a lot more success. I think that they can beat the Cincinnati team. The Cincinnati team's a good team. Obviously, being ranked up in the top 10, the Cincinnati team's a really good team. They're undefeated right now, um, and nobody's really given them much of a challenge so far. Um, I think Cincinnati is still the favorite in this game, but... Um, I would also be very interested to see um, how well Zayvon Collins plays if he plays at all coming off his injury Um, and I think that that could be a deciding factor in this game is Zayvon Collins and you say well duh Zach he's the best player on the field yes he is but I think Zayvon Collins is the X factor in this game if he plays well Tulsa wins if if he's not able to make the big impact plays, um, Tulsa's going to struggle in this game. Um, also, if Tulsa's offense cannot school or if Tulsa's offense cannot get started quicker than normal, Cincinnati will get up too many up by too many points and Tulsa won't be able to come back in this game. That's what I'm saying. They need to keep it close. They can't fall down like they have before earlier in this year. Um, what, what do you think is going to happen in this game?
1: Um, I think it, this is either going to be one of the best games that Tulsa's had this year, or I think it's going to be another boring one where we watch Tulsa make a great comeback in the end, but ultimately it's not going to be enough. Uh, Cincinnati was a great team, and they caught my eye early on in the season when they played SMU, and I had money on the over, uh which i lost that actually by the way uh it needed to be 56 points because it was 55 and a half and guess how many points they had 55 so um uh total by the way but cincinnati's a good team they score a lot of points i mean a lot of their games are over 30 they've scored at least 30 points i mean they played east carolina and it was a Good game, seventeen or fifty-five to seventeen. Cincinnati wins. That's a pretty big shutdown on a team that has been going toe to toe with a lot of teams within the same, you know, league as them. And I want Tulsa to come out, and I want this to be the best game of their lives. I want them to come out and not have to rely on Zayvon Collins. I know that's not going to happen, but in my mind, you know, is so. I want to be correct here. So Zayvon Collins, he's this is his last year, right? This is his senior year. He's potentially going he's to the a draft, projected right?
0: Projected first. He's a projected or is first that next round year? pick. He should be gone after this year. And so that makes me that makes that
1: worries me, right? Because what is his mindset going into this? Is his mindset, you know, I'm going to play as hard as I can. This is my last game, or you know, with 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 Tulsa, or. Is his mindset, I need to protect my body, I need to get prepared for my future, I don't I don't want to play very hard. You know, like I, I, I think a lot of that's gonna be where is his mindset and how will that affect the rest of the team? Because if 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 he's this big leader for the team and he's not into it, I'm worried that the the morale of the team might start to kind of dwindle a little bit because you know, he's he's the big star for the Tulsa team. And so I think another thing comes out is that yes, the offense needs to come out quick, but if Zavan doesn't show up, then the defense might not show up. You know, they just they might be pulling off of his energy it's the last game. Who cares? It's been a weird season, you know, or they'll come out, let's win this championship, let's play, let's show that it doesn't matter if you're undefeated because you're playing uh Tulsa freaking university. We're going to win this game. We're going to show you what it means to be a comeback team because God knows they're not coming back until third quarter. But, you know, I, I want Tulsa to win this game. I desperately do, but I think it's either going to be like a like 35, 36 game or 36, 35 game. With someone coming out on top, thanks to a lucky field goal, or maybe someone throwing someone else's shoe and then they get a field goal from that, um, <laughs> like Florida, but uh, or it's going to be pretty much what you see with East Carolina and Cincinnati, where it's fifty-five to seventeen and Tulsa scored the seventeen in the third and fourth quarter. And so, I think if I had to choose a winner. I don't want to say it but unless Tulsa comes out and surprises us it's going, it's going to be Cincinnati
0: you made it it is it's going to be Cincinnati to win and I, not 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 in a way that yeah. i don't think Tulsa's had a great season but Cincinnati's a great team like to me they're yeah they had a good and season th- this is just a good Cincinnati team Tulsa i i I will be shocked if they win this game. I guess shocked isn't the right term. I will be more surprised if they win this game. Um, it's They've got a good chance, like a good opportunity to win. Um, but it. Cincinnati is definitely the favorites. Um, but, yes. but moving yeah. forward, moving on from that game, our other conference championship game that involves an Oklahoma team this week is the OU-Iowa State game in the Big 12 Championship down in Dallas, down in Jerry's World. Um, but this game kind of – this game is setting up to be something spectacular. It's a top-10 matchup now. OU comes in at the final rankings or the second-to-final rankings at number 10. Um, so that makes it number six Iowa State versus number 10 Oklahoma and is looking to avenge its loss to Iowa State earlier in the year, um, and Iowa State is trying to win its first conference championship since the year 1912. That year they won the Missouri Valley Conference Championship, and if you've never heard of the Missouri Valley Conference, there's good reason, because it is not a great conference. But um, moving forward from that, uh, OU, and this was pointed out to me by – earlier in the day, OU gets slided in the Big 12 awards earlier today when they were released. OU's defensively did not have a single guy on the first team, all-defensive team. Um, And and they, they had a few guys on the second team. They had three, I believe, three or four on the second team. But, like, you had a guy like Isaiah Thomas go off on the defensive tackle position and he doesn't even make first team? Like, what? You have the top-rated pass rusher in Nick Benito, mm-hmm. um, a semifinalist for a national award, Nick Benito, and he doesn't even make the Big 12. He, Nick Benito didn't make the Big 12 first or second team. Like, what's wrong with the Big 12? Like, what are they doing? Like, and, and all I can say is Perry on – or um, not Perry on one three, Perkins, Ronnie Perkins. It's gonna come out pissed off. I think Iowa State just got screwed. I think the Big Twelve just set it up to where Iowa State's gonna get beat by fifty because these dudes are pissed. Like <laughs> you, you could, yeah. I saw you what see what they were Curtis all tweeting? Was tweeting?
1: I mean, they were all.
0: <laughs> yeah, he was. He was not so, happy. <laughs> I, like, <laughs> I I think that this sets up to where OU's defensive line is going to come off its hinges and absolutely go at iowa state and not that they weren't already but i think this isn't going to be pretty for um this iowa state team and all i'm saying is when we lost iowa state earlier in the year we didn't have ronnie perkins and we didn't have um ramondre stevenson so uh i i think this is going to be a different game um My feeling going into this game, and I don't like saying it because every time I say something like this, it goes the opposite direction. But my feeling going into this game is OU's going to win, and OU's going to win big. Like like, I'm feeling like OU's going to dominate this game from start to finish, and I don't like saying that at all because I don't like picking it on an OU game. I I, I would never place money on an OU game because I would be too – Intense. I'd have a heart attack during the game, but this game is <laughs> intense. Like this game is setting up to where OU is going to be favored, um, and OU. I don't know. I don't see a way that I Iowa State wins this game. The only okay. I said I just said I don't see a way. The only way I think Iowa State can win this game is if they hit Charlie Kolar to um or if OU continues to mark Cho- Charlie Kolar with Buki, if they um mark Charlie Kolar with Buki, then OU will get beaten this game because Buki cannot cover a six foot seven Charlie Kolar when he's barely five foot seven himself. I know the roster says he's like five ten, but good <laughs> God, when he's up against Charlie Kolar he looks so short. Um, and that's coming from a short man myself. So I like <laughs> I. If we can't find a way to, co-
1: hey, I'd say we're if average we can't find a way to okay. cover
0: Charlie okay. Kolar, we're in trouble there. Um, but other than that, that is the only advantage I see Iowa State having in this game. And the way that our defense has been playing, our defensive line, I'm not sure Brock Purdy is going to have any time to throw the ball to Charlie Colar because our defensive line is going to be so ticked off. So maybe that'll help us out. Um, I don't know. This game sets up for me that Oklahoma's going to dominate. What are you thinking?
1: You know, I think Oklahoma is going to come out, and they're not going to – I was talking about what is Tulsa's mindset going to be. I don't think Oklahoma gives two tiny little poops about the mindset. They're going to come out, and they're going to have made it to to first string, maybe to second string, you know, and – and the, I think the only person that walked away having a good day was the freaking fullback, Jeremiah Hall. You know, he he, he made first team, um, I'm pretty sure. and You know, he was happy about it, but I think he's the only one. But, you know, I guess fullback-wise, not a lot of teams typically use their fullback to, you know, to a great extent. So, you know, good for him. But, you know, you talk about some of these powerhouses, like Ronnie Perkins and uh, Ramon J. Stevenson, and, oh, uh, I honestly, I don't, I don't understand it. But then again, I'm not paid to understand it. <laughs> uh, but I, I,
0: hey, we made a couple. <laughs> you know what? That's podcast. right. I am
1: paid to understand it, just not a livable amount. So, <laughs> but uh, I think, I think it's gonna be a good game. I think you were 100 hitting, uh, hitting the top of the nail there. Iowa State comes in, beats Oklahoma early in the season. You know they they beat them thirty seven to thirty, and then not much longer after a couple games after OU gets uh, gets their crap together, they get a few of their players back, right? And then all of a sudden you see them take off against Texas Tech. against Kansas, almost completely shutting out Kansas, 62-9. I I just – I think if OU goes out and they don't play like they did against Baylor, I think they'll be fine. Now, you said what does Iowa State have to do to win? I think all Iowa State has to do is show up to the team that played against Baylor. If if that happens, I think – I think that's when we will hit an issue. But so long as OU plays like they did against Kansas, plays like they did against Oklahoma State, especially if they come out fast like they did against Oklahoma State, when Oklahoma State still had a good defense, or supposedly still had a good defense, you know, when they came out – go ahead.
0: See, my thing is a Lincoln-Riley offense with two weeks to prepare for Iowa State is not going to come out slow. So – that that that's your argument right there of them losing or a chance of them yeah. losing. A Lincoln Riley offense isn't coming out slow like they did again. To the be fair though, so uh, with with two weeks to, to be, prepare as well. They so. did have two weeks they to prepare weeks for Baylor prepare. though,
1: because you had the game on Oklahoma State November twenty first, and then you had Baylor December fifth, which I believe is two weeks later.
0: Yeah, but if you remember, West Virginia game was the weekend in between that, and that game got canceled on about Friday. So it wasn't two weeks to prepare. And they were dealing with a bunch I, of COVID. I issues. guess
1: that, that I guess they that were, like, does defend it. So I could see your argument. All I'm saying is so long as they come out full power, which I think they are. I don't think I don't as of right now, knock on wood, not trying to jinx. So I think as of right now, I think they are doing okay on COVID protocol. I don't think that they're lacking too much as of as of today, which is Thursday. And so hopefully that holds out until Saturday. And so I think that as long as that all works out and everything is okay. I I I don't see an issue with this game. Now what I would like to see is that this game is a start of about what is it, three or four miracles to get them into the top four?
0: yeah uh, uh, and that'll get us into the next next point is the college football playoff is there a way OU makes it my answer simple. simply oh there is a way no. like, <laughs> and I understand <laughs> I, I, I understand there's a way but is it going to happen my answer is no there is definitely a way but the answer is no it's not going to happen they have to have Ohio State lose. They have to have Clemson lose by, like, 70. They have to have Notre Dame lose. If, if Clemson doesn't lose, they have to have Notre Dame lose by 70. Um, there's no way Alabama doesn't make it, in my opinion. So, I, like, it's just a big old pile of crap. And I don't – it would take a whole lot of miracles – to come through for OU to make it to the playoffs um, so and I I desperately want to see OU in the playoffs don't get me wrong but I just don't think it's going to happen it's it's too much to hurdle now um, I could see a way where Iowa State would make it if they were to win this game but Oklahoma I think Oklahoma is too far down to jump all these hurdles that they need to jump um, and I I desperately want to see this defense in a conference or in a um, uh, playoff game, but it's just not looking like it's going to happen. And hopefully I get shut up on Saturday. Like, I hope to God I get shut up on Saturday and they prove me wrong. And um, (laughs) not to harp on R.J. Young again, but he was all over on Twitter talking about how Oklahoma – or he said the Big 12 now has a chance to make the playoff. Um, but he was basically saying Oklahoma had a chance to make the playoff. Now that Florida lost last week. And I was <laughs> what a <game> like, <laughs> you're an idiot. Shut up. Like, But, no, I, like, there, there's got to be some major shuffle for OU to make it. Um, if I had to pick a Final Four right now, it would be the Final Four who are in the top four right now. I think Clemson and Notre Dame are going to play another close game. Um, I think Ohio State's going to blow out Northwestern and Alabama is going to blow out Florida. I, the top four doesn't change for me. Um, OU finishes with a strong. That'd be like a eight, nine game win streak. It's a good year. We build off of it and we go towards 2021. Um, But I, I'm I'm not sure that OU has a chance to make the playoff, and that makes me sad. But um, w- what do you think? What like what do you think about who's going to make it? Who do you think is going to make it? And what do you think about the chances of OU? So let me tell you,
1: I think OU can get to the number one spot this week if now this is a big if if everyone. Except for OU, can follow in Florida's footsteps and just start throwing everyone's shoes. So if each team will just take one shoe off another player's foot and just chunk it, I think I think OU's in it. I think they got the first place spot. Uh, maybe they can play like Georgia or Cincinnati. You know, just really take care of business there. But uh, in reality, the four the four top are. I don't like to say it, but the four top are really, in my opinion, some of the four best teams out there right now. Alabama, Notre Dame, Clemson, Ohio State. Gosh darn it, they're good teams, and I would love to see OU there, but for Clemson or Notre Dame, either or, to blow out the other, it would be a gigantic what is happening moment for, for NCAA. And Now, I do disagree with you on Ohio State and Northwestern. I think Northwestern will play well against Ohio State. I am not going to tell you that they're going to win. I'm not going to tell you they're going to lose. I think, in my opinion, I don't think Northwestern should be dismissed very quickly. Um, Alabama is going to be Alabama. Uh, I don't think anyone's really going to say anything different about that. OU is it would be amazing to see them jump all these hurdles I don't know if it's possible Um, maybe all these teams out there will listen to us and they'll throw everyone's shoe but I I don't think that's going to happen I think there's a lot more involved than caring about OU for them so uh, there's that and Alabama, Notre Dame, Clemson, Ohio State. I think that's going to be, a, it's going to make for a good playoff. Uh, I would love, I wish Ohio State would have taken the call out and had played OU. I think that would have been, I think that would have been a great game. Uh, I think it would have been good prep for OU because if they could have beaten Ohio State, uh, that would have been freaking fantastic. Uh, but I think Ohio State was too scared. And so that's why they didn't accept it. But, other than that, I, I that's kind of where I stand in all that.
0: Yeah, it, it's kind of kind of disappointing at this point of the year thinking that OU's not going to make the playoff. But you know, um, we there's there's next year and there's a lot of promise for next year. The twenty twenty one group looks really good. We are very young this year, so um, there's a lot of hope for next year. Um, so. I don't know. I think next year will be great. Um, and I think the end of this year has been what we needed it to be after such a poor start. Um, so anything else you want to touch on before we get to our games of the um, week? Not
1: really. Uh, although, I, for those of you listening who don't know why I'm ragging on like throwing a shoe, uh, it's something that happened last week with Florida in case that joke has been missed.
0: <laughs> if you don't know – like if you don't know what happened, then you're not <laughs> listening to this podcast. Like if you know anything about sports, you saw that like that's the most idiotic play. Florida
1: gave LSU that like, upset. Hands
0: down. <laughs> yeah, it, it it's uh, just dumb. But all right. Well, with that being said, we'll go ahead um, and take it to commercial break, um, and we will be right back with our picks of the week. Remember, it is a short or it is a conference championship week, so there aren't that many games. So we have a special segment for you this week on Picks of the Week. We are back with our Picks of the Week this week. This is a special Picks of the Week this week because going into our final week of the season, our final conference championship week, it's kind of weird. Me and Perkins both have – Basically the same record, um, because of one of my games was canceled last week. I have won fewer games, so technically I have the better record. But I will be giving that up to Perkins for our final week, where we wager all of the marbles. We're gonna go pick all three of the same games this week, so we have to have a winner at the end of this week, unless we all, I guess, unless we both pick the same way on both games. Which I don't see that happening, um, but that being said, um, picks of the week is going to be special, and the winner. What 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 do you want to wager on this, man? Uh you know, but you know, last time we did a wager, we did Buffalo Wild Wings,
1: right? And, and, and so he
0: still hasn't paid up. So just so you hey, all know, hey.
1: You're the one that you know has trouble getting out. Okay, no, I'm kidding. But
0: you live live three hours away. It's not my fault you're never
1: home. Hey, a man's gotta work. But uh, okay, so I don't. You know, it's this is a good question. You know, do we want to do we want to wager more food on it? What what do we want to wager on this? Do you you want what do you want to put on this? You think just another dinner, or something something bigger, something smaller?
0: We'll we'll go with just another dinner okay. on this one, and then we'll have a special one to preview our playoff game as well, or all four play or all three playoff games as well, and we'll uh we'll pick on those, and then that one will be a big okay. big winner. That sounds good to right me. There. Yeah,
1: yeah. So so, I, so what do you want to do? Another uh, Buffalo Wild Wings, or do you want to do somewhere like fancy?
0: Well, by fancy, if you mean a place that's more like twenty-five, thirty dollars a plate, that's fine. But if you go like fancy, like a hundred dollars a plate, $50 I'm thinking plate, like Texas Day Brazil so,
1: out there in Tulsa. Well,
0: that's ah, uh, that, that's like, uh, that's that's private, yeah, $50 and that would that's
1: right there about that hundred dollar <laughs> mark, forty-five bucks a plate. We can go at lunch though, if you want that thirty-five dollar cheaper meal. <laughs>
0: All right,
1: yeah, let's go. All right. Here. All right. Well, with that being figured out, let's go into our first pick of this week, which is going to be Tulsa versus Cincinnati, the game that we kind of talked about quite a bit. And let me tell you, I I am torn because because right now the uh, – oh, shoot, what's the word? I'm trying to think of the word. It's a 14-and-a-half-point favorites right now. Uh spread. That's the word I'm looking for. So the spread is 14 and a half points. And so a part of me really wants to say that Tulsa will not lose by by 15 points essentially. But another part of me is like, they they probably will. And so I think I think I'm gonna go Cincinnati. I'm gonna take the risk that Cincinnati has to win by 15. So I, I'm I'm po- I, I think Cincinnati can win by two touchdowns. And, and, a, and essentially a field goal. And so I think that's where I'm walking into Cincinnati.
0: All right. Well, very early on, our picks are going to differ. Okay. Uh, I definitely think that Cincinnati is going to win this game. But I do not think that they cover the spread in this game. I think Tulsa – Tulsa has a great defense. Tulsa, if you look through, the one game they lost this year was to Oklahoma State. And even then they only lost I think it was by like seven or ten points. I don't think Cincinnati covers the spread. I don't think Tulsa's defense will allow that. Um, especially if Zavan Collins plays the way Zavan Collins can play. So um obviously very out, very front out of the gate, where picks are differing. I love that. Um I can't wait for you to take me to Texas Dave, well.
1: Oh you're saying that, but you know, we were pretty even on our picks, and I picked some games that are that you were like, "What are you doing?" And I was right, so we'll see. But I think that's going to bring us into our number two of the week: Ohio State versus Northwestern. And now I I touched on this earlier, and I said don't count out Northwestern, and I'm going to stick to that. The spread is 20 and a half points, and I think Northwestern can hold out against Ohio State for 20 and a half points. I don't think they'll lose by three, three well, touchdowns. Well, and so,
0: well, let me clear this up real quick. My spread that I'm looking at right now says twenty points. Are you going twenty points or twenty and a half? So I checked the this what spread. I
1: I got my stuff from is from last night. So this is a Wednesday, so
0: it might okay, have changed. So then you you need to go to the updated twenty
1: points. So it's twenty. I I don't think my answer changes at half, a half. Twenty. I don't care. I'd, I'd rather take the twenty. Honestly, it's. Um, well, not really. But I don't think they're going to lose by three touchdowns. I think it might be a touchdown on a field goal, maybe two touchdowns. I don't think they're going to lose by 21. And so I still I, – my pick is Northwestern on this one. Where are you at? Well,
0: well I think we might go opposite on every pick this week <laughs> if we're going to go like this. Because <laughs> I 100% think Ohio State's about to blow this game out of the water. I think they'll win by – um easily 20 points in this game. Um maybe I'm too high on Ohio State this year, but Ohio State has been dominant and I I, I really don't think that um Northwestern really stands a chance this Saturday. Um so that being said, I I'm going to lock in Ohio State by 20 in this game.
1: Okay. Okay. And then our the biggest game of this upcoming week and no, it's not OU. In my opinion, the biggest game of this week is a game that if you've been a longtime fan of us and you've listened to all our podcasts, which I think there's just a barely a few of you out there, then you know about this pick because this pick is one of our first ones that we did, and it was a heartbreak for me, and it was a glorious win for Zach. Clemson versus Notre Dame, the rematch I have been wanting all season Clemson has their quarterback back. They got Trevor Lawrence. They're going to be able to take on Notre Dame again at full freaking force, and I am excited about it. The spread right now is 10.5 points. I believe that's still correct. Again, this is from yesterday. 10.5 points?
0: Uh, Let me find it real quick. It is still 10.5 points.
1: Fantastic. So 10.5 points. And my vote is going to Clemson. I think that this is – I said this back when they had it. If they had their full team, Notre Dame would not have been in that game like they were. I 100% am a believer, and I am confident that Clemson will win this game by with with at least two touchdowns, maybe three ahead of, of Notre Dame. I don't think they're going to blow them out like we need for OU to be able to get in there. But I do think that Clemson is going to show up and say, hey – you got lucky last time. It's time for you to sit down. And so.
0: Well, darn. This kind of, kind of kind of counter climactic because this week, the final pick of the week, the biggest pick of the week, I think we agree. <laughs> I don't think there's any way. Uh, I say that a lot. I think that Clemson is going to very easily cover this spread. Um, Clemson, last time they played, should have played a lot better. They struggled to get out of the gate with DGUA Ungalele, which I know I butchered his name, so whatever. But they struggled to get out of the gate with him. Um, once they found the rhythm, he played amazing, but when you fall down 14 to a top five team on the road, um, it's hard to recover, and it was just too much for them to recover. Obviously they take it to overtime, they lose, but They also had a left tackle out in that game, which in overtime came big into effect with those two sacks. Um, And then they also had a couple of uh, defensive linemen who were out for that game. So I think with those guys back that Clemson dominates this game, I think that it will, um, it honestly is not going to be that close of a game. Um, I don't think it's going to be the blowout that OU needs, like I said, or like you said, um, but I still think that Clemson wins this game, um, and it'll be, it will be a fairly, um, not as exciting game as it was last time, because last time was probably the second best game of the entire year, so. Double um, overtime. Yeah, thing. the only, only game I can think that was better was OU Texas, and OU Texas probably gave me a dang heart attack, so. <laughs> um. But moving on from that, um, those are our picks of the week. Obviously, you should have a winner this week. We have two varying picks with one pick the same, so I guess technically it could tie if we split those two games. Um, so hopefully it doesn't tie. If it ties, I think Perkins still owes me Texas Day Brazil. If it ties, that's just going to make the playoffs
1: works. even that better, even that much bigger and better. So, <laughs> all
0: right, but. Um, Anything else you want to add to this podcast before we get out of here?
1: Nothing at all, man. Other than, you know, everyone, just make sure that you're uh, interacting with our Facebook page. We're trying very hard to interact with you guys. Uh, Let us know what you want to hear about this giveaway. And also, I'm going to put up a poll about these picks. And I want you guys to tell me which ones you agree with. And so be on the lookout for that. That'll be coming out the next day or two. Uh, Give it a vote. Who do you think is going to win? And so be keeping an eye out for that.
0: All right, guys. Well, we're signing off for week six of the Oklahoma Sports Bros. This is Zach, and that was Perkins. Um, be sure to interact with us, and we will see you guys next. See you week. later.